Pachango. Greetings, Earthlings. I apologize for my long uh, absence. I appreciate the emails and text messages I have received expressing concern. What the fuck happened to you, dude? Are you all right? Are you alive? What the fuck am I paying $5 a month for? And so on. Um, The answer to those questions is... Uh, Lots of things happen to me. I am alive, and I don't know what the fuck you're paying $5 a month for. To be honest, that's one of the problems. I, um, I know I go around, I go around and around on this fucking merry-go-round of ego. Um, and you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but it's a real thing. I don't know why anyone listens to this podcast. There are so many cool podcasts out there with so much interesting stuff. They're so well produced. They're really tight. They've got movie stars and, you know, famous people who love talking for a living. And um, so sometimes I have a crisis of... Uh, I don't know if it's confidence though, because I don't feel like I don't feel um, bad. I just feel like I'm tired of listening to myself. I, I I made the mistake of reading some reviews on iTunes a while ago. I think I was sending someone an in- invitation to be on the show, and um, generally, I know a lot of people will look at iTunes to see how many reviews a podcast has. And how positive the reviews are, you know, to get a sense of the audience size and, and um, you know, what the relationship with the audience is like. And there was a review, a recent review that said something like, oh, this podcast used to be great, but, you know, now it's just like, you know, he just tells the same stories over and over and blah, blah, blah. And, and um, you know, obviously it never feels good to read a negative review, but that one was particularly um, disturbing because I I get it. Like, I've only got a certain number of fucking stories, and I've been talking into this microphone for over 10 years at this point, um, putting out weekly podcasts. And, um, you know, there of course, there are stories... I haven't told, but I don't know which ones they are because the truth is there's no, you know, like someone else sent me a, or, or left a comment or something because I, I think I told a story recently and I said, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. And they wrote and they're like, you know, senility is getting to you because you have told that story. Um, the thing is, there's no category in one's brain um, of like, oh, I've told this story to you know, person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but not to person H, I, J, K, F. You don't remember who you told which stories to. And for better or worse, the podcast audience to me is just a friend. 
Uh, it's sort of a, um, a faceless or many-faced friend that I talk to sometimes and share things with and uh, who's a very good listener <laughs> and doesn't interrupt. So I don't know what stories I've told and what stories I haven't on this podcast. The only ones I, I kind of categorize and keep track of are the ones that I the list of uh, Toma, potential Toma stories that I made many years ago and um, and sort of got through some of those and and uh, the list remains of the others. Um, but as far as just sort of casual, oh, that reminds me of a time, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe I've probably told a lot of stories repeatedly on the podcast. So anyway, when I read something like that, I, I feel bad because it's true. Like, I, I'm sorry. I don't have new stories every week, you know, um, and I don't know which ones I've told. So um, that's one thing I'm, I'm sort of feeling like, eh, what, you know, what else do I have to say? Um, the remoteness of the remote recording thing as I've said uh, many times, is is kind of a, it lets the, the wind out of the sails, as it were. Um, I, I don't enjoy it. I, I, uh, I'm doing it occasionally for someone I particularly want to talk to. Um, I've got a couple scheduled at this point. Um, and it's great, but it's just hard to get up the passion for that the way sitting in a room with someone um, just feels really good to me. I like connecting with humans, um, you know, face to face. I enjoy that process. And so I don't need to sort of psych myself up for it um, because it's, it's real. I, I enjoy the organic discovery, mutual discovery that, that can happen in that situation. And I feel like it's something I'm good at and I don't need to, strain um to to be interested because i am legitimately interested but when you know technology is intervening and we're talking over each other and you know it, it it's just you're dealing it's like trying to have a conversation while juggling you know it's just inherently distracting um and i don't i don't like strangely enough, I don't like talking through technology. I like what I'm doing right now, sitting here alone, talking into a microphone and imagining people on the other end of it. That feels intimate. That feels um, real in, in some kind of interesting way. But, um, you know, through Zoom or through a telephone or something, that doesn't. Um, so, my friends will tell you, like, I never pick up the phone. So don't even call me. I, I just don't answer it. I don't even, I don't think the ringer even is on. So I don't even know when people call me until later I see a notice. Um, but yeah, so, so there's that. And then, and then life has just gotten really complicated. Um, we bought a house in early January, as I know I told you, uh, as sort of, spur of the moment, like, oh, you know, we just sort of did some numbers, like we're going to pay this much in rent over the next few years. And this house only really costs like, <clears throat> what, like four times more than that. So it just seems like a no brainer of an investment. So we bought this house, but the house is the equivalent of 
like one of those pizzas you buy in the supermarket that's about half cooked and then you take it home and finish it in your own oven. That, that's what this house was half built. It's it's like the house itself was built, but everything else was just sort of thrown together at the last minute. Um, and it was built in a weird way. Like the toilet was in the middle of the ground floor which is very small. The whole house, it's two floors and the whole house is like 800 square feet. So it's more of a cabin really than a house. Um, you know, like one bedroom, small living room. Um, and the guy who built it, um, is, a uh, unique individual and he had some paranoia about the end of the world i think he was some sort of a prepper i don't know i i, I don't really know him but there's a half-built bunker uh that we had to deal with uh a, a sort of a, a chicken coop woodshed type building where the roof is about four feet high at the highest which makes it hard for me to move around in there. Um, just lots of weird shit, like an unexplained hole right outside the kitchen door. Like if you walked outside the kitchen door, you would fall about five feet down into a a hole. Don't know why that hole's there. There's a big deck off the second floor, uh, about 20 by 20 feet. Um, and it's, you know, what... 15 feet above ground or something. And it's not connected to the house. It's a free standing deck. So if you walk out there, you're sort of like, Ooh, like it's like you're on a dock or something, you know, that's sort of swiveling around. So there's a lot of shit to do. And, um, we were in a rental that we had to be out of by the end of March and we bought the place in early January and we were like, okay, we want to take out these walls. We want to move the toilet back into the corner. We want to put in a bathtub. We want to um, sort of redo some, some things, some structural things, but put columns and in, in place of this load bearing wall that was there. And uh, anyway, so we hired uh, a couple of contractors and they were all like, yeah, no problem. That's plenty of time to get that done. Okay, well, famous fucking last words. So we basically um, had planned to go to the Bombay Beach Biennale, which is an art festival uh, sort of vision of... Our friend Tal Ruspoli, who you've heard on the podcast many times. And um, it's it's this amazing time where all these artists are hanging out and working on things and helping each other. And it's this beautiful community. And so we really wanted to go and be part of that. This is the first year since COVID where that's happening. And um, so that was, we were going to leave here about the 25th. And then the idea was everything will be done. We'll go there or we'll move our shit into the new place and we come back and we'll have our new place. Well, one thing led to another. This doesn't get done. The plumber freaked out and I don't know what's up with the plumber. Don't get me fucking started. But he left with the job half done. And so then I'm in California and he's texting me and like demanding I pay him up front. Like who the fuck pays a plumber up front? I would, I'd already given him a $2,000 deposit, 
But no, he wanted to be paid in full up front. Like, yeah, so that's not going to happen. So anyway, we get back from California. It's freezing fucking cold. And our house is a construction zone. It's not done. The floor is not tiled. The toilet, uh, I guess the toilet was installed, but the washer dryer was in the middle of the living room. There's no door on the bathroom. That kind of situation. So that's where I've been. I've been just scrambling around, trying to deal with stuff, um, getting hassled by this psychotic plumber and um, trying to figure out how to hang a door, how to hang a bathroom door, how to tile the floor, how to do all this other stuff. Everybody just was like, fuck it and walked away. And so left us high and dry. So anyway, that is 12 minutes and 57 seconds of me bitching and moaning, which is why I haven't been doing podcasts for the last few weeks because I did not want to bitch and moan. And uh, also because I didn't have an office and I didn't, I, my microphone and computer and stuff were all like packed away. And so I'm finally emerging from that. I finally, I've got my little office set up more or less. Um, although it's not soundproof. So if anyone else is in the house, I can't record anything because there's no uh, auditory privacy. I'm, I'm working on that too. I just got some, some, um, sound absorbing panels, which I'll be putting to good use soon. So anyway, that's the story. And, um, for those of you who have not given up, I really appreciate your support and persistence and, uh, and I do have some interesting conversations coming your way. And I also have some other ideas because, you know, I, as I, before I started pissing and moaning about the construction, the feel, my feeling about the podcast is I love this thing. I, I love the connection I have with people. I love the way the podcast has enriched my life. I, I, I haven't gone through and listed them, but, you know, I would bet that um, nine out of 10 of the people most close to me in my life came through the podcast. Um, so there's no question that this vehicle has been incredibly valuable to me and I'm, I'm just endlessly grateful I'm also endlessly confused by it. And the more I listen to other podcasts, the more confused I get. And and I guess I do have a sense of inadequacy feeling like, okay, I'm just like some guy who hasn't written a book in a long time, um, just sort of blathering. And I feel like there are a few things that I am legitimately some sort of expert in, but I don't talk about them all the time. I talk about whatever, and I'm no expert on politics or, you know, world affairs or, um, you know, pretty much anything other than the evolution of human sexuality and the sort of antecedents of civilization and some of the effects um, <clears throat> that civilization has on the human psyche and physiology. So 
And those are the things I feel that I may bring something unique to the conversation. Other than that, I'm just another dude with opinions. So there's that. I'm also feeling, I'm feeling something really, um, to me, interesting, which is this feeling of like, I never, like, like my brush with fame was, I think, very unusual because I never really wanted to be famous. I, I never even thought about being famous. And then sort of by accident, I was kind of famous for a while. I don't know how long, but, you know, I was getting all these people asking me to be on their documentary and be on their TV show and, you know, get interviewed for their book and, you know, be on their podcast. I was, you know, I'm still get the podcast thing, but I mean, I was getting a lot of, you know, fucking German newspaper wants to interview me and the Israeli newspaper and this is, you know, people in Australia want to fly me down to speak at some conference there. And I was getting that kind of uh, action and it was exciting for a while, but it never really, it never added up to much, um, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time in meetings and in LA with producers and various people in the entertainment business. And, um, you know, I had agents and lawyers and like that whole, that whole infrastructure um sort of like encrusted around me and you know people thought i was gonna be a vehicle for money and then it never really panned out and then gradually those various barnacles just fell off the hull of my little boat here and i feel like at this point i'm kind of back to more or less sea level but uh, having had that experience and with whatever audience hears me right now, I don't, I don't even know, honestly, how many people are listening to the podcast. It's, that's one of the great secrets of podcasting. No one really knows how big their audience is. It's very enigmatic. Um, but in any case, I had that experience and it feels like maybe that's an interesting story to tell, you know, what what it's like to be almost famous, because I I feel like most people who become famous want to be famous. They've been they've been chasing it. They've done they've been motivated by it. And so their experience of it is colored by the fact that they wanted it so bad. And I feel like, you know, maybe I'm lying to myself. We all do it. But I feel like my experience of fame is is almost unique in the sense that it just kind of happened. It it you know maybe in a decade it sort of went up, peaked, and then gradually came down. And I've got a perspective on what that experience is like, and also it happened to me later in life, so I wasn't kind of tempted by things that I think younger people would have been, you know, and also, you know, the other side of temptation is enmeshment, right? I wasn't trapped by things uh, 
that I think I would have been if I had been younger or, or most younger people would be. So I guess this is just a roundabout way of saying that as my passion for continuing the podcast in its current um, uh, sort of configuration has faded a bit, I've started to get ideas for other things that could be a lot more interesting. So to me anyway, and, and I hope to you. So one of them would be that sort of like a look back on what the fuck was that like, right? And and the good, the bad, the weird, the unexpected, the the kind of you you can't believe the shit that people say to you when they think you're going to make them <laughs> money kind of thing. Um, so I, I maybe do a series. I've talked about doing a Sex at Dawn like director's cut. So I'm not sure if this would be a separate thing or if it would be part of that. Because, of course, that whole sort of Hollywood trip was around sex at dawn was around me being the Anthony Bourdain of sex. Um, and so that could be part of it, but I also feel like maybe the sex at dawn director's cut thing should just be about the book, the material, the science, and not about my experience of being, you know, the co-author of sex at dawn and, and what that meant for Casilda and me. And, um, and maybe that should be a separate thing. The, the more I think of it, the more I think that might be the way to go. But I'm very open to your thoughts on this. Um, please leave your thoughts on the Substack page for this podcast episode. And um, that would be a good place to talk about it with each other. And, and of course, I'll, I'll um, jump in as well. So I think that would be one thing like, uh, you know, Sex of Dawn director's cut, you know, 10 episodes. Um, and then maybe like a, here's what it was like for me to ride that fame train for a while, maybe 10 episodes or whatever, organically, whatever feels right. Um, I'm also thinking about doing the, the podcast where I have conversations with people who are, in a terminal situation and don't publish the conversation until they've died. I think that could, you know, I've talked about that a lot. It was an idea I had many years ago and I've put it out there hoping someone else would pick it up and run with it. Cause I do think it's a really interesting idea. Um, and as far as I know, no one's done that. So maybe I'll do that. If you have an idea for, a title for that, uh, let me know. I was thinking something, you know, voices from beyond or, you know, stories I didn't tell when I was alive, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, so if you have any thoughts on that or, or any, um, interesting ideas that might contribute to that, let me know. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm feeling like I'd like to continue doing some sort of having some sort of audio presence, some sort of podcast presence, but um, I, I think more of a discreet, you know, six episode series on this. And then six months later, I'll come back with another one. But I feel like just week after week after week and 
and knowing people are like, where is he? What's going on? What's happening? Um, that is a little uh, tiring now. And, and I've got so many other things happening that I want to be able to focus on, including I want to pitch another book, uh, which I've talked about for a while and uh, see how that goes. So if I get a book contract, I'll go ahead and write that. And then, um, or maybe even if I don't get a contract, maybe I'll self-publish it. Uh, I've wanted to experiment with that. And then I've got some other writing things I'd like to do as well, more kind of fiction based in prehistory. Yeah, maybe uh, an erotic novel set in prehistory. I've always wanted to write a fictionalized version of Sex at Dawn. So Sex at Dawn is like, you know, here's the science of how people behave sexually in prehistory, but would it be interesting to have characters and and have them go ahead and behave that way, you know, and get inside their heads a little bit. What's it like to not have sexual shame? You know, that's really hard for us to imagine, those of us raised in a sex-negative culture. What's it like to be at peace with your body? What's it like to know that you are an animal like every other animal, and you live and you die? And you're eaten just like you eat other animals. What's that like? How does that inform your approach to life, your fears, your ambition? Like, what are you ambitious for in a hunter-gatherer society other than pleasure and happiness and love? Which is all I'm really ambitious for. I, and and that's kind of what I was saying about the, the fame thing. It's like when I was in that world, I felt like I was surrounded by people who had fought their way into that world and I just stumbled into it. And so I always felt like an imposter there because I was like, I don't really give a shit about this. You know, I mean, even as a writer... I remember my editor saying to me at one point, I, I think, I don't know if this is after Sex at Dawn or after Civilized to Death, but he was like, okay, what's next? What are you going to do next? And I was like, dude, the book just came out. I mean, I'm still doing interviews for, you know, um, supporting this book. And I don't know, maybe probably nothing. And he was like, what do you mean nothing? He's like, you, you, you're there, man. You got... You know, you've got the attention of the publishing world. You've you've published two books with major publishers. You're there. You you've you've broken in, you know, through this wall that everyone else is banging their heads against. And I was like, Yeah, but I don't I don't know what I have to say. I don't really feel like I need to to say anything. And he said, uh he said, Don't you want to be part of the national conversation? I thought, I understand, I understand that for him, this guy's a an editor at one of the biggest publishers. He's a senior editor. He's a big deal. That's his life. And I feel like I kind of wrote a couple of books by accident and, and they did pretty well, especially Sex at Dawn did very well. And so I have this access, but it's access to a world that I never really wanted to enter. So part of me feels like 
a fraud. Part of me feels ungrateful. Um, part of me feels like maybe I'm just too fucking lazy and, you know, I'm not really smart enough to, to take advantage of these opportunities. And part of me thinks I'm too smart to take advantage of these opportunities. I don't really know what it is. Um, but I feel like right now hanging a bathroom door is going to give me more pleasure than, um, you know, fighting my way onto Joe Rogan's podcast again, you know, or, or giving another Ted talk or something like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not one of those people for better or worse. Uh, but here is one of the things that I love about this podcast. This is probably the central thing I love about this podcast, which is, which is you, dear listener, you're a fucking weirdo. You're cool. You're weird. You're unusual. Um, and when I have an opportunity to introduce you to each other, that makes me very, very happy. Hey, Uncle Chris, this is Kurt and Chad from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We met via the Facilla map and we are headed out to see Snarky Puppy tonight. We met last summer, uh, and we would encourage everyone to reach out to your fellow tangentialists on the Facilla map and start creating the community. We love you, friends. Everybody be cool out there. So there you have it, Facil map. Um, I would encourage everybody to, to check that out. The URL is Facil map, F-A-C-I-L, which means easy in Spanish, map dot org forward slash t speaking dot edit so that should take you to a world map and you'll see circles with numbers and you'll also see just red uh red uh, markers and i guess the red marker is where there's one person who's entered their their stuff there's someone in there are two in Brazil, one in Colombia, somebody in Puerto Rico, it looks like. And then you'll see numbers that where there are a bunch of people, like 42 people in Germany, 43 in the UK, a whole shit ton all over the US. Four people, looks like in Southeast Asia, a couple in Indonesia, six in Australia, two in South Africa. So anyway... I would really encourage you to check that out. Uh, click on someone, drop them a, a note, say hi. If you're going to be traveling through their town, invite them out for some coffee or a beer or whatever. And man, if your experience is anything like mine, it um, it increases the odds of you meeting a really cool person uh, dramatically. Um, so... You know, I would encourage you to check that out. It's it's awesome. Another thing that's happening and another way people can meet each other is last summer I did a thing. Anya and I uh, did um, a workshop with Cameron and Melaine Shane at their place in Whitefish, Montana. Unfortunately, I had COVID a couple of weeks before and I got some sort of a, a rebound and I spent a lot of the time in the van sweating and shaking and basically uh, melting down. Uh, so I kind of missed some of the fun on that. 
Um, Cameron is a, is an awesome dude. He was on the podcast, check the archives to, to listen to that. Uh, he was Charlie Sheen's bodyguard for a while. He's trained UFC fighters. He's a martial arts expert in, in various different forms. And he's developed his own um, style of movement in yoga. Um, and he's just an extraordinarily, he and Malayne, his wife, are both extraordinarily embodied people. They're they occupy their bodies in in a way that's extremely rare <clears throat> and and they're they're beautiful they're one i mean they're physically beautiful obviously but they're also really beautiful people to hang out with they're just funny and self-deprecating and i mean cameron there are very few people i've met in the world who are as likely to say something totally inappropriate as I am, and Cameron is one of them. I think when Cameron and I are in the room, I'm the safe one. Cameron, you know, Cameron's the one who's who's more likely to say something where everyone's going to go, "What did he say?" Uh, he's just hilarious and and unfiltered. So anyway, we're going to do that again with them this year. It's uh, August twentieth to twenty fifth. We're expanding it a little because it was a little rushed last year. Um, we want people to have more time and basically the idea is it's going to be, you know, about relationships and, um, unconventional relationships, I want to say, but the thing is, are there any conventional relationships, even the ones that seem conventional, are they really, or is there something going on behind the scenes? I, I feel like every relationship is is unique and fascinating and um so the whole idea of unconventional relationships may be redundant but in any case um what we envision is conversations about life and sex and relationships within a context that's informed by Sex at Dawn and Civilized to Death. That's what I bring to this. Um, Anya brings her understanding of Jungian mythology and uh, her research in symbols and and uh, sort of multicultural perspective on, on these issues of masculinity, femininity, uh, and how they sort of intertwine in relation and movement. And her experience with various forms of dance and Malayne and Cameron bring their movement and embodiment and martial arts and, and all that. So it's sort of a free flowing balanced um, mind body experience where people will meet each other and um, hopefully we'll all have a really awesome time at this incredible property that they have outside of whitefish. Um, which is just so nice. Uh, and I'm sure mid August, it's going to be prime time Montana wise. So if you're, if you got some days off and that sounds interesting to you, uh, definitely get in touch. Um, let me, no, I just, where is that Montana materials? There's the folder on my laptop. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll post something uh, an image on this uh, page 
in um, on the the podcast episode site. So it's yeah, August twentieth to twenty fifth. It's called the Sex at Dawn Retreat: Deconstructing Relationships and Sexuality with Malane and Cameron Shane, Anya Katz, and yours truly, Doctor Fur Ryan. All right. Now, another casualty of my being uh, preoccupied with other matters is my mom texted me with some urgency and said, Chris, have you stopped mentioning the T-shirts and the beer koozies? Because I haven't received any orders. And, you know, this is a big this is mom's gig here. So if you would like civilized to death T-shirts, which everybody seems to love and they attract the attention of interesting people, get in touch with my mom, go to tangentiallyspeaking.com, and you will see the store page there, uh, and you will find all sorts of things. Hoodies, t-shirts, beer koozies, also known as cozies, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they're, I don't know if she still has stickers. She's got all sorts of merch merchandise um, that she will send your way for a nominal fee. And we're basically selling them they're the cheapest t-shirts you're ever going to find uh, on any podcast site. I think they're like 20 bucks plus shipping in the U S so we're not making much money. It's just to spread the good word and spread the wealth a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's enough for me for today. My voice is going already. Um, I'm going to play you out. There's another thing I love about the podcast. I get to share music with you from listeners. Uh, I've played some songs by um, uh, Omar Kayam. I think he's in Pakistan. I remember there was a song about meeting an old man. Um, yeah, Rapta, R-A-A-P-T-A is the name of his band. Really good stuff. And uh, he sent me something recently, a uh, cover. This is of a thief, of uh, a song called Masterpiece by Big Thief. Beautiful song. And I remember at one point I was going to interview the, the main singer-songwriter from that band. I forget her name, but I think her uncle listens to the podcast. And he was like, yeah, my niece is in a band and they're doing pretty well. And here, you should check them out. And I did. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah, they're... I think they, they quickly got too famous. Um, but anyway, um, this is Omar's partner, Tara. And uh, it's beautiful. Very simple cover of Masterpiece by Big Thief. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my bullshit and my uh, cognitive peregrinations. Um, I really... <laughs> I know you have written to me, many of you have written to me and said, man, it's a weird relationship where like, I feel like I know you and, you know, and then I meet you and I realize you don't know me and, and it's this weird kind of, but I'm on the other side of that. I, I also feel affection for you and I don't know you, most of you, some of you I do, but I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to to be speaking to someone and not know who's hearing it, um, but to have a feeling of affection and 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 longevity, you know, 
many of you, I, I get emails from people saying, I've been listening to you since the beginning, you know, 10 plus years. It's like, that's amazing. You know, and most of these people are probably in their 30s or 40s, which means a third or fourth of their lives. We've shared some kind of mystical space. We've been in some weird virtual room together somehow trapped in an elevator. Anyway, thank you for being here, uh, wherever here is. And uh, I will return soon, I promise. Here's Masterpiece Sun by Tara from the band Rapta. I will. 